Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no don't sweat yo, cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining us on this pop talk, talking all that pop culture. Today's topic, movie franchises. We talk about what our favorites are and also what are the most disappointing ones? What started out with such great hope? for the movie future, and then ended up stinking up the barn with a bunch of bad sequels. That's the discussion we have after talking about The Flash slash Ezra Miller and Obi-Wan Kenobi. But before we get to the chat, I do want to mention that the Podcast Awards are back, and you can nominate us at podcastawards.com. We have a link in the bio, and we're gunning for Comedy Podcast and Best Black-Hosted Podcast. So give us a shout in those categories, and there'll be more info to come when the voting really opens up. Now, on to our chat with the Of The Show gang. Welcome back to the show of the show gang. <laughs> Rob making faces as I do that. Uh, <laughs> who are you, Jay Williams, during a first take intro, making fun of Stephen A. Smith? That's a super deep cut that I don't even think Stephen A. Smith recognized. Nevertheless, it happened recently and Rob just did it. And speaking of Rob, let's. Best friend of the show, Rob. Thanks for being on. Somebody told me the other day that there's an Air Force app, and I want it. I need. I don't know why I haven't. I'm, I'm probably going to download it during as we report this because an app that just that'd be fine. Airport. I I just think yeah. Zoom is going to ruin the audio. Like it. Like when it gets to a certain mm-hmm, decibel, mm-hmm. yeah. It just I don't. Cuts I, don't I don't. I don't. I don't like science. So shut up. And we also have brother of the show Trey. Hello there. What was that voice? I don't know. <laughs> and girlfriend of the show Justina. Hello. <laughs> excited to be here and we're talking about three topics today our big ticket topic our favorite and also most disappointed in movie franchises the new obi-wan show obi-wan kenobi on disney plus but first we're going to talk about something that's just been getting so much attention and goodness gracious it seems like the drama never stops Ezra Miller has been ensnared with run-ins with the law of all sorts. And every week, it seems like there is a new story that is even more disturbing than the previous story. The star of one of the next big DCEU movies, The Flash, had quite a few run-ins in Hawaii and most recently has been accused of housing children in an unsafe environment. And, of course, some of the reports say that the police went by, said the kids were all right. But a couple of unnamed sources who were there on the scene said, nope, there's open smoking of marijuana around these kids and a bunch of weapons just laying around 
Reports say that Warner Brothers is not going to make any other films with Ezra Miller, but the Flash solo film is still set to be released almost exactly a year from now. There's plenty to talk about with that subject. Why don't we start with you, Rob, about what you think is going to happen with The Flash. Are you going to see this movie, The Flash, when it comes out? If it comes out, what do you think? I think I'll watch it when it comes on HBO, but I don't think I would go to the movie theater to see it. Because of all this? No, I think it's just because I really don't like a lot of the DC movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't think I'd be willing to watch it on, on TV, but I don't know if I would be. I, you know, I really don't like its version of The Flash, to be honest with you. And I mean, I guess I'm not surprised that the star we should talk about Kevin is a weirdo. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, you know, I feel like because I feel like he was really young when he got started. Like I was yeah, trying to think, think about so. some of the stuff that he's been in, and it decided. It seems to me like he's on that trajectory of a lot of child stars who just start losing it. Um, mm. of like Amanda Bynes and you know, and, and Logan and some of those other ones. It just feels kind of like he's going that direction, which is very sad. So I don't, I, you know, they probably have too much money in that movie. They're going to have to show it and it's going to have to go to the theater. Unless it's a really bad movie, I doubt it'll fail because it's a superhero movie. There's never been a really a serious, I mean, there's never been a Flash movie. So there's definitely a built-in fan base for it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, he was their favorite part of Justice League. So I think they would be dumb not to release it, especially it probably cost a lot of money to make. But I just don't see how they could do business with him going forward. So I think Correct. it could be I one see. of those one and done type of situations. Yeah, that makes sense. And it is, it's a real mess at this point. Yeah. Trey, what do you think about this situation? Yeah, I don't tend to follow this kind of stuff too closely. So my knowledge of the, of what's going on with the guy is more surface level, but I'm pretty much where Rob is, that that they're probably going to have to release the movie because the amount of money put into it. And I think people did really like his Flash, even though Rob didn't like it. But I I liked his version of the Flash. So I think what helps them a little bit is that the movie, because it's already in the can, but they've got time before is set to release, it allows them a little more flexibility than they might have felt in other movies in other situations to see how this plays out because it seems like again my knowledge is surface level but it seems like some of the accusations are different enough from each other that there's still some parsing of what's real what isn't with what he's doing because like one of the ones that you referenced where there is the guns and the marijuana around the kids that was an accusation of the father of the kids and two unnamed sources Right. But where I'm going with this is the mother has claimed that Ezra is keeping them safe from right. domestic the abuse. Right. said to, it's been accused of being an abuser. Correct. Right. Like, what do the two unnamed sources have to gain? No, I, I understand all that. I'm just saying there's room for them to say, well, we need to see what's going on. I don't, I doubt that they'd stick with Ezra long term, but it gives them more time to kind of figure out what's real and what isn't it. Well, there are reports it's, saying that they are already done with them. Right. So, but it also gives them time to figure out about this movie and do they need to try to reshoot or are they just going to say no, too much money's in it? But I do suspect they're done with Ezra. And because it's Flashpoint and it's theoretically going to rewrite some kind of reality, maybe Warner is using it to 
kind of stabilize the DCEU that some of the reports and rumors that came out before. They could theoretically use that as a way to recast at the end of the movie, like tack on some sort of scene where the, the new Flash going forward is the Flash just based on whatever rewriting happens here. I've got a great idea for who they should recast him as. Evan Peters. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> but, he, but, he, but he's very boner. Right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, that's all right. Because where yeah. I was going with this is in the comics, Flashpoint reset the comic universe into the new mm. 52. Because when he ran back to prevent himself from preventing his mother's death, it rewrote stuff. And so some characters look different. Uniforms were different. Mm-hmm. So they could even do something like that in the movie where now Barry is rewritten to be somebody else. I don't know if they would go that route, but I mean, my point is the nature of Flashpoint, they could almost tack on a scene where <laughs> right. they re- recast them in the same movie. <laughs> That's true. I could, that would be interesting. Yeah. Oh, and I should mention, I should have said this right off the bat, but Ezra Miller's pronouns are they, them. Just so the listener knows, this is not something I, I believe Robert Trevor really uh, familiar with so no one's trying to misgender anyone it's just a mistake yeah i think it. the other thing that confuses it is that the character is is he him right so. we're, when we're referring to barry allen mm-hmm. uh we are saying him because that's barry allen's pronoun so mm-hmm. what are you gonna do when it comes to barry allen you're trying to have this conversation where we're talking about the character yeah but the but, but the timing does throw things off a bit because like if you look at the johnny depp situation because Johnny Depp was taken out of Fantastic Beasts because mm-hmm. of the Amber Heard accusations, but they had the time to do that before they, he start before Depp was due to start shooting, whereas Ezra's got a movie in the can already. Yeah, that's one of the things with recasting. They're not going to recast for this movie. That's just not going to happen. The whole movie has been made. The only other time where an entire movie has been made and then they recast one of the stars was when they recast Kevin Spacey and put in Plummer. But the only thing is Christopher Plummer was in like 16 to 20 minutes of that movie. Much easier to reshoot. This is a heavy CGI movie with the star who's going to be in what, 45 to 60 minutes of it? And playing more than one version of that character. Right. So mm. it would be very difficult to recast unless they do a deep fake and they have a year to do a deep fake and have this new actor do the overdub. Maybe that could work and wouldn't be too expensive, but still. That might even be worse, though, to some degree. Oh, my God. Well, if it ends up being like the Superman (laughs) upper lip in the theatrical release of Justice League, yes, it could be. But if they do it the way the quarter crew does it, then it would actually look not bad. But when quarter crew did it, they deep faked Hamill onto their actor who did exactly what they wanted to do. But this is the reverse. You're trying to take Ezra's performance and just take his face out of it in voice. Wait, 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 would you take his face off? Oh, I can make face <laughs> off too. But I just think if you can have Tom Hanks talk to a tennis ball and then in the movie theater, it looks like he's talking to John F. Kennedy, they could probably figure out how to deep fake this and it'll not look too terrible. 
when they have basically a full year from when this movie is released. So I'm just saying it's not an outside of the realm of possibility suggestion. Mm. I don't know. But seems- but the other movie where they did a recast like that was Army of the Dead. They, they did one. Right. But again, that was someone who was in 16 yeah. minutes of the movie is not the right. star. And that was a big undertaking. Mm-hmm. Arguably a bigger undertaking than what I'm suggesting. Fully recasting it and having them reshoot the scenes can't happen. No, I, th- I think they're going to release it with Ezra. It's just a question of what they do going forward. That's probably what they're going to do. But let's get to what Justina says, uh, what Justina thinks about the topic. What do you think is going to happen here? Well, I don't know. I think anything's possible. They recast Sonic the Hedgehog's eyes. So. <laughs> and teeth. Don't forget that and he teeth. Yeah, yeah. teeth. So. <laughs> that was the main thing. Yeah. That was my that was my favorite joke in Chippendales, by the way. <laughs> I yeah. know, so Chippendales funny. was great. Such a great movie. And, <laughs> but the Ezra stuff, it's like very all uh, um Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I'm like, oh gosh. Just more celebrity mm. problems. I'm just like, oof, what a mess. Messy, messy. Yeah. But I will say that I'm a weak one because like learning the stuff about Ezra that I never wanted to know is like messing up one of my favorite scenes from the Snyder Cut, which is that siren song when when mm-hmm. Barry meets Iris, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like slow motion. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. that's such a beautiful scene. Like, I've rewatched just that scene because I enjoyed it so much. And I'm like, but I don't want to watch it anymore. But, but if they deep faked in space, would you enjoy that Yes. Scene yes. If they changed his eyes and teeth, I would be able to. <laughs> Every time you say deep fake, I think about really bad deep fake things. Corner <laughs> crew does deep fake. <laughs> they don't have a full year to do the deep fakes that they do and they don't look bad yes the justice league movie had a horrible fix to deal with the upper lip of superman those scenes look bad you should have called the guy that did sonic's eyes and teeth they should have i got a guy he's a he's a he's a he's a eyes teeth guy yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) there's a report in vanity fair covering this they were saying there's three things that Warner Brothers is sitting with right now, according to an article from Variety. Would they just replace them? Will they jettison the film to HBO Max in an attempt to limit potentially negative fanfare that could accompany a theatrical release? Or will Warner Brothers keep the movie in theaters on June 23rd, 2023 as planned. Rob, you're shaking your head no on HBO Max. I agree. They're not going to do that. They put too much money into this movie. I mean, they they released Twilight Zone and Vic Morta got killed on the movie. They're going to release this movie into the theater. You know what I mean? going like, to get released. Yeah, for sure. it literally got killed, killed making the movie and they still released it. So also you know, releasing it in any way, shape or form is still going to get ire with yeah. Ezra Miller in it. So like, yeah. whether they put it in the theaters or they put it in HBO Max, it doesn't matter. People will complain either way. So well, it's people- whether or not they think they can weather that storm. Mm-hmm. And they're probably trying to weigh those options right now. Yeah. Would you rather release it on HBO Max or in the theater if you're going to get hell both ways and you're going to lose a ton of money putting it on, a, on HBO Max? Yeah, I mean, you have to do that. I mean, it, it boils down to cost analysis and you have to say what, you know, what is it that we're going to make releasing it versus obviously we're making nothing putting it on or we're making something. But I doubt right. it's going to I doubt it's going to increase subscriptions. Right, and it's incumbent upon Ezra Miller not doing anything else bad, Mm -hmm. which they've been a loose cannon. Yeah. Absolutely no reason to assume that 
they won't do something right. else that would be year. worse over mm-hmm. this for a whole year. Definitely not going to go on any sort of press tour for the movie. They'll be sending Michael Keaton out. What I think Warner Brothers should do is if they're going to release the movie, they need to get way ahead of severing ties very publicly, very openly with Ezra Miller because Hollywood was absolutely fine really chastising and punishing Will Smith for a slap. Ezra Miller threw a chair in a woman's head and put a big gash in it, threatened a bunch of people. But did he do it at the Oscars? But did they do it at the Oscars? That was such a good joke to feed up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's move on to the next much lighter story. Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. Trey's watched all of it. I've got one episode left and Justina tapped out. So Trey, we'll start with you. What did you think of the show? So because not all of you have watched too much of this and Rob hasn't even started, I've got to find a way to do the spoiler free. But well, away you get able to. I want to see the, I like the show. I want to see the last episode. Oh, why you like it. Yeah, um, but uh, also, like, listeners don't necessarily want spoilers anyway. Yeah, I guess it's too early. Well, we've spoiled stuff this early before when we've all watched. (laughs) We just say spoiler. But uh, for me, I liked it. I do think it served as a good bridge between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. I think it kind of, even though the prequel trilogy is a very different style and look than the original trilogy, I think they did a good job with the Obi-Wan series of kind of blending the two and, and squaring Anakin, Hayden's Anakin with David Prowse's Vader. I think that kind of got squared in this show. Um, it was in the trailers, right? <laughs> it was in the trailers. Hey, was in Hayden, Hayden Christensen literally went on the Tonight Show to <laughs> to promote the show. It's not a surprise. No, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about like uh, uh, I don't know who this person is. I'm, you're talking about James Earl Jones, so I don't know who. You are. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about, buddy. <laughs> I don't care about the guy who's like you are a part of the. No, 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 no. We're talking about James. <laughs> you can never prove to me it wasn't James Earl Jones in the costume. So absolutely, <laughs> yeah. In but it, you know, I, 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 <laughs> more on that later. So, so I did like the show. I thought it was good. Uh, but this is one of those series. Every now and again, there's a series or a movie where something for me is good or maybe even great in spite of some plot holes here and there. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I would say with Obi Wan. Uh, again, without getting into spoilers, I would I would say uh, there's Jason will probably know what I'm talking about. Justina too. There's a chase scene in the first episode. Actually, two mm-hmm. two chase scenes. And I am inferring from having watched enough of these chase scenes and enough movies and shows that it must be difficult to choreograph the stuff in a way that is safe for the actors, but they still look like they're imperiled and get away with it. So maybe there's some of that going on with the chasing, but I will I say as someone who had to film run it being like I was running in something that I was being filmed for. You have to look like you're running, but you basically have to be going the speed of walking. Yes. But I will say, and you told me about that. I was like, yeah, but you were doing a commercial in retrospect. 
this is Disney. Like they can. Yeah. They I, can, well, uh, I get that, well, but it's mean, still a camera regardless. Number one. And number two, uh, I, there are other movies where people talk about how bad the running looks. When you're talking about the chase, is it like something on speeders or is it running a running? They're, running. They're, running. They're running. And it uh, looks. I was going to say, dopey. if you're going to talk about like, because I was, I was getting a little frustrated because like, because if you watch this last season of Barry, they did one of the most amazing motorcycle chases I've ever seen. And that was a lot of it was digital and composite the way they did it. So I'm like, if it's something hmm. that looks bad, they had Disney money. So that's kind of sad. But it, but but it still, looked good. I think it was the set. It was the. And I think it, they should have done a wider shot. There's also, because I'm more in the Justina camp on this one, because even though I'm trying to give them some credit, I think most of it, they were able to cover what you're talking about, Jason. But there were some scenes, there was a scene where somebody ran directly into a log to justify the person yes. getting away. And it's like... No, that's that, the stuff that's done. Yeah, that's just... that. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. And even okay. later in a different scene where... Uh, the enhanced version will have clips because by then I'll, it'll be a year from now at my current pace of actually doing enhanced versions. But, you know, you'll, I'll be able to show you what I'm talking about, but it's like, come on, man, this person can't be <laughs> yeah. getting away from these people. The premise is that they're using their surroundings and their size to help them get away. But some of that stuff just got to be too much. And it so was there is pretty bad on that. Yeah. And there are other decisions that characters made where they just stood there staring mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of actually taking care of what they needed to take care of. And I was fine with it the first few episodes. Because again, I do like the show. I, I accepted it in the context of like the third episode or the whatever episode. But for me, it, it became too many of those. It was a cumulative yeah. effect. Right. So by the time I saw the finale, and I'm not going to spoil it since none of you have gotten there yet, but it was just a little too much by the time the finale hit. And so I thought the finale was a very good episode. I thought uh, that the actors did really well, but there was still just a, you know, that was a little one too many on the suspension of disbelief when it comes. Yeah, to there story. was actually something when we were watching, um, the second episode where I even commented, like, why are they taking so long to do this thing they have to do? Like, this is a situation where you can't sit there and take your time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he did, he, you know, it was, that's choices that the director made and they literally in the editing room could have fixed a couple of these situations. Who was behind the show? Because I haven't watched it. Deborah, it? Chow. Deborah Chow. Okay, so it wasn't what this face. Um, Dave, whatever. Oh, Phil there's. Field. I think it's still under the Filoni umbrella, but Deborah yeah. Chow was the main one pulling the She strings. was the actual well, showrunner. Directed most of the episodes, if not all. Uh, mm-hmm. Executive mm-hmm. produces it with with um, Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um I don't even remember seeing Dave's name so much on there. So I don't think he yeah. had mu- had a strong hand on it. Uh, so mm-hmm. I like the show. I don't love the show. It's I don't like it as much as Mandalorian. In a way I like it more than Boba Fett. I don't think it's necessarily as good. It's either Mandalorian or Boba Fett. And here's why. It's Boba Fett, by the way. It's not Boba Fett. It's Boba Fett. Uh-huh. 
I'll say they for someone yeah, okay, as horrible yeah, as yeah, Ezra yeah. Miller, but I I don't care about Bubba Pat. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but you're right. So here's the thing. I one of the things that was a little displeasing about Boba Fett, Book of Boba <laughs> it's called the book. I got you. <laughs> it's called the Book of Bubble Tea. And yeah, there you go. There you go. It's it didn't get good until the Mandalorian was on, right? Right. In it's, my opinion, yes. In all of our opinions. <laughs> we all think that. The problem with Book of Boba Fett is it's a bait and switch, but it's the best bait and switch in a way because they took out one thing that was a little boring and put in something that was better. So I get that. And that's why I did like that show. And I do think it was well made. And I think it was in a lot of respects better made than Obi-Wan Kenobi. But don't call a show Boba Fett and then have to just use a character from another show to make it worth watching. Like, do something mm-hmm. interesting with this character. And they did not. I don't think they did anything particularly interesting. So that was my least favorite of the Star Wars shows because of that. But I think it shot better. I think it staged better than Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think there is more going on than Obi-Wan Kenobi to a certain degree. So maybe they're kind of dead even. But I kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi better because at least it's its own thing. And Ewan McGregor is a great lead. Because it's you and McGregor. But Justina, why did you tap out? Oh, I just like didn't enjoy it. Like I know we've talked ad nauseum on the about the chase scenes, but like those are I I don't know. Like I was just it just seemed cheap and not well made, and it seemed like I don't know. I think also sometimes look good. Say what? I think certain things cinematography wise look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot know. of these modern Star Wars things. I feel like. Maybe I don't like Star Wars because, like, I loved Mandalorian so much. I was like, I, I love Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I remember I have fond memories of watching, you know, four through six and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, I don't know. Maybe I don't like it. Maybe. Boba Fett. Well, I, Boba Fett. I didn't like it until Mando showed up. And more specifically baby Yoda, uh-huh. you know, so okay. I don't know. And I understand they were calling that show Mandalorian 2.0 or, or like 1.5 or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but, like, so I, I, I don't need to talk that much about how much I didn't really like it, but I didn't. So I'm not going to watch it anymore. <laughs> yeah. The other day. So <laughs> we obviously had a little conversation about it the other day and it just sounded like what you liked about the prequels had nothing to do with what's going on in the show. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's part of why you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't like the show. Uh, it's yeah. interesting that you say it looked cheap because Jay from Red Letter Media said the same thing. And I didn't view it that way watching. And I, Mike and, and Rich actually said they thought that the way it was shot matched what was happening in the show. So they didn't, from that standpoint, they thought that it was fine. They didn't think it was cheap looking. Uh, but they also made the joke at themselves and because uh, Jay also thought it was really slow and Jason, when he was only after the second episode, thrill. thought it was slow. We and were actually on mine, the first episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. And a friend of mine said he thought it was slow. I, I didn't think of it that way. So I 
So the joke Seeing that Red the Letter second Media episode made me go back a little bit on that, but yeah, yeah. So so Red Letter Media that they, they were making fun of Mike and Rich because they'd sat through all of Star Trek Picard, and so the the joke was, well, maybe this is just looking like Shakespeare in comparison. I sat through all of Picard, so maybe that's part of where I'm coming from too. But I don't think so. I think some of the way that Obi-Wan was slow is more, I'm not in no way, shape or form. Am I saying that Obi-Wan is as good as Better Call Saul? I am not saying that. Better Call Saul is a far <laughs> superior show. Oh, right. but, easy, Rob. Easy, Rob. But there are slower moments that are still compelling. Like Rob will remember there was that scene where they just, for however many minutes it was, for a long segment of time, they were just showing Mike taking apart his car with no dialogue, literally no dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> and it was still compelling because it was still moving the story forward and giving you a great character thing. So that's kind of more in the vein of how I saw the Obi-Wan being quote unquote slow. It was more character based and sitting <laughs> with Obi-Wan in the PTSD that he's clearly living through based off, yeah. off of what happened. Or that stuff Sith. wasn't the slow part or much of the first episode, I feel. Well, the first episode was showing him in his mundane life now post right. Revenge of the Sith. And I think that's why I kind of go back on a little bit because it is, it is what it is. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it is yeah. a table setting episode. So I get that. How um, much heroin does he do in, 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 in Scotland? Does he do a lot of heroin? <laughs> he he do comes a out of a toilet. Yeah. This, they're the baby on the roof, um, on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're gonna have to show a clip of that train. <laughs> is it? Is that uh? Train what's that? Train spotting? Okay. Yeah. 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 It's pretty awful. <laughs> no, it's well, an amazing. Movie. Uh, so <laughs> I think it's a fine show. I don't think it's a bad show. I think it's a great show. I think there are things about it that I like. Rob, will you ever watch it? Probably not, because why would you watch it when you can watch like Wheel City or like better shows? That are right now. like you know, Better Call Saul is coming back. There's, mm. it's to me like right now there's such a glut of great television show that I don't need to watch yes. action figures. Like I'd rather watch something like Wheel in the City or um, Under the Banner of Heaven or you know some of the other hacks. You know, like some stuff like that. Like I, I haven't even caught up on season two of Hacks yet. But I'm just saying, right. like, yeah, it's so, like there's a lot of this stuff. I'm just like, man, you know, so much stuff got, out there. Like, Mandalorian got such great reviews, but I would much rather watch something. Maybe not. I mean, that's why I like, you know, Wheel of the City. Amazing. Like, I, I can't, like, I keep thinking about that most of anything. I, and especially John Barrett, all that show. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, he's amazing on it. So I don't know. Like, it's so like, I hear you guys talk about this. I'm like, man, this doesn't sound great. Like, I don't know if I want to spend yeah, the fair enough. six hours, I, yeah, you know, watching it. I liked it better than Jason did, even yeah. with the cumulative effect of the suspension of disbelief and and mm -hmm. screen crush and new rock stars i don't know of anything they tend to not love that much but mm -hmm. in terms of stuff they break down but they were really yeah. into it i think they they have the benefit of having watched the clone wars cartoon mm. and and uh and I, rebels I cartoon yeah that, same so. here so there's a lot of stuff that this series connects to mm -hmm. um that i without watching their breakdowns i wouldn't know anything about Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I think enough people like it. I think you would like it, but I understand it not being above. Yeah. It's probably something I will eventually get around to. 
Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, it's like, man, you know, it's like, it was pretty easy to like, I was like, I'm not sure about Mandalorian, but so many people loved it. It was kind of an easy decision to go to it. But mm-hmm. this one, mm-hmm. oh, little bill, man, this isn't, it's just like, I, it, I, yeah. I think with your reasoning, it's a good skip. I yeah. think it's a good mm-hmm. choice to skip. Let's actually skip to the last topic, like that but, uh, segue uh, listener. By the way, I can't. Find, I still haven't found that the app that does the. <laughs> so, listeners, if you can help me find this app, because it's like an ear horn. I don't want an ear horn. I want the. I don't know how to describe that sound. So, uh, yeah, no, people know what it is. Uh, no, but, but yeah. I want them to tell me how to get it. <laughs> <laughs> but what is the most disappointing franchise, and what is your favorite? Justina, let's start with you, and you can go first with either one. You could say best first or most disappointing first. Interesting. Well, I would say, you know, with counting Obi-Wan, Star Wars is the most disappointing franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say the most... Uh, I don't know. Here's the thing is if I don't like it, I don't watch the whole thing. So I see a lot of these where I like the first one and then I just like dropped off um, as I look at this list of franchises in front of me. Um, Yeah, listener, we so basically I just shared some of the biggest franchises, movie franchises out there that had three, at least three movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Aliens is in there, Rockies in there. I also separated for the purpose of this discussion burton's movies and i and i know he did two but i'm including all four of those batman the 90s batman movies because they're all like one universe mm-hmm. and i separated that from dceu and i also separated dark knight trilogy from the dceu so those are three different franchises and um you have a bunch you have a bunch so middle earth that's actually not only Lord of the Rings. That's Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Ugh. Oh, if it, if we could not include The Hobbit, that's like up there for me. But mm-hmm. um, actually, MCU, Middle Earth, Mission Impossible, all the, those M ones are my Your favorites. favorites. Yeah. Um, so you said that disappointing ones. You saw you saw one liked it, and then you didn't like another, and so you stopped. Was that what you were trying to? Yeah, get? like Halloween, amazing. And then I just hear the others are bad, so I'm not going to finish it. Mm. Um. And then Toy Story, amazing. But then it gets too sad, so I'm gone. You know? <laughs> but and still good. Just sad. Yeah. Yes, I just don't know anything about that because I didn't watch it, you know? That's a really incredible. All of those are actually really good. I didn't see the fourth one, though, but the first three are yeah. really incredible. Um, And then, yeah. But, yeah, those are my answers for top favorite. And then all the other ones, I don't have a least favorite that sticks out okay that's fair it's hard to answer what you're most disappointed in if you haven't seen a, a bunch of them or several of them yeah and look at i'm looking at the list i'm seeing like which ones did i see the most of that i was disappointed and i really don't have an answer okay that's fair um i mean you kind of did answer by saying like a couple of these where you were like oh well, i was looking forward to that and then they so everyone said the movies are bad so i didn't watch them. yeah like that's there's that um, and That's, maybe the Middle Earth is for you because you did like the Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah. But you didn't want. Oh, I guess if we count The Hobbit, like The Hobbit really, really disappointed me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then that's, yeah. Then that's the uh, most disappointing for you. But I don't associate it. It's like not, it's not, it's not part of it. 
It is, though. <laughs> Just real quick, Jason, it might be helpful for you to explain where the idea for this topic came from and why you wanted to discuss it. So a while ago, I said on the podcast how disappointing Star Wars has been for me because I did not like uh, the Ryan Johnson, who I think is a great director. I did not like his Star Wars movie. And of course, everyone has a problem with the third one of the sequels with good reason. Uh, the third one of the sequel trilogies, that is. And it just got me thinking ever since then, like, what is the most disappointing franchise? And I think it has to be Star Wars. But I do have a couple of other answers. Um, I say Star Wars because I love the first three, did not like the prequels. And then when the sequel trilogy came out, I loved Force Awakens. But the other two were so disappointing that I went, I guess this is the worst franchise <laughs> because they had they started with the most popular movies of all time and then just disappointed a bunch of people with all the other movies. And Trey had sent us something that said uh, that people were debating what's was it what's worse, the prequels or the sequels of Star Wars? Mm -hmm. Or was it yeah? Prequel and trilogy like, or sequel trilogy. Right. And it's like they both have one good one. You know, like episode three is solid. It's not great, great, but it's the best of those three. And it was the only one where I was like, hey, there's some good stuff in here. And Force Awakens, the only one I like of those three. And it had some good stuff in there. But there was some good stuff in Ryan Johnson's. But gosh, there was some stuff I hated more than anything I've hated in any Star Wars movie. It was also in the Ryan Johnson one. So I just, that movie for me, Personally, or that 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 movie franchise for me personally is the most disappointing because it just squandered opportunity after opportunity, and uh, I I just didn't like it. But I will say a dishonorable mention that arguably squandered the most is the Jaws franchise. There are a ton of those Jaws movies. Only one of them is any good, and it's Oscar worthy good. No. The Jaws sequels are garbage. The Jaws sequels are no better than the Friday the 13th. I don't, you could shake your head all you want, Rob. The Jaws sequels are as bad as the, <laughs> are as bad as Friday the 13th sequels. You We're going to have no. to show the video of Rob reacting to all of this. No, Jaws 2 is a good movie. Jaws 2 is that is obviously Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. So, like, Jaws 2 is actually pretty good. The sequence, there's a great sequence where the kid gets eaten when he's outside the boat. The helicopter sequence is awesome. The the way he kills the shark with the the, the, the electrical hmm. wire is pretty cool. The whole sequence, uh -huh. the boats uh -huh. get tied together. That whole part mm. is great. The, the lady water skiing and then the other lady blows up the boat because she's trying to kill mm -hmm. Jaws and mm -hmm. sets him on fire. Like, it's a good movie. Like, that's interesting that you you mentioned sequence is good, sequence is good, and say it's a good movie. But sequences don't make them. People don't give Oscars to movies because they had a good sequence where someone got killed or a good sequence where such and uh, such happened. They give Oscars because the story is well told. And Jaws 2 about? does not fit the bill 
like Jaws does, it's a huge you're, disappointment. You're talking about, you're talking about, okay, like one, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not saying it's, but it's, it's not, it's not like we're comparing Godfather to Godfather Part 2, but we are talking about like, Jaws 2 is not a bad movie. You need to go back and watch it. It's not bad. It, Roy Scheider is dealing with like post-traumatic stress from what he did. I mean, he does some crazy things. Like he shoots at the water at the, at the beach because he thinks he sees a shark. Like there's some, like there's some really good stuff like going on in the town and like how he basically loses his job as mayor or as sheriff and like that, you know, like how he gets pushed out by the mayor. And I mean, it's not, it's, I mean, yeah, you're never going to live up to the Charles. Like, I think it's the greatest movie ever made. So like, but you're not going to live up to that, but it's not as terrible. I'm, as, I'm fine without living up to it, but it's, I don't think Jaws 2 is a nine. And we know the others are not. No, Jaws, well, Jaws 3 is great because I like it. But Jaws 4 is terrible. Three and I, four I like Jaws garbage 3. movies. I like, I like Jaws 3. Not even five. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, no. this is what I'm, it's, it's overall that whole fan trap that it's just fall off after fall off. You get an Oscar worthy movie and then you get a movie that is, even if I want to say it's is as good as you're saying, it's still not near as good as the first one. So that's no. still a drop off. And then three yeah. and four, huge drop off. No huge, gosh, yeah. huge yeah. drop yeah. off. So to me, that's like big, big, big disappointment. Because I don't know how many of these other movies that we're considering here have that level of drop off. We uh, go from and, something that's uh, arguably Rocky, Rocky Part Two. Uh... You, know, you like, think Rocky I mean, 2 goes, was that bad? Compared to Rocky? Yeah. Rocky Part Rocky Part 2 is not good. I'm not saying 2 is on the And here's level, the thing. Rocky if, includes Creed. Rocky won the Oscar. So I know I think you can all you know, Jaws did not win the Oscar. Rocky did. Rocky 2 is not good. Like it was just you know, Rocky not 2 be, was good. It just wasn't it was, Rocky. Okay, sorry. It's not Rocky. So I mean by Jason's standards, Rocky 2 is just as you know, is just as bad as Jaws 2. Just you know what I mean. So well, it does, I didn't say that. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. But no, but by, by, by your logic, no, because I would not put Jaws two as high as you are. I would put Rocky two high if we're grading it. But you're I saying, put, you're, but you're literally talking about a, a literal Oscar winning picture, best picture, versus yeah. a picture that was nominated, but it was a Rocky one Rocky and movie. Jaws are ten out of ten film. Yeah, Rocky yeah, two I agree. is not a ten out of ten. But it's 987, no less. Jaws 2 ain't as high as 7. Bigger drop-off. Mm. Where would you put Jaws 2, Rob? I would put it at, I would put it at about a 7 or an 8, and I would put Rocky 2 about a 7 or 8. I don't really like Rocky 2. I don't like the fact that he goes back and he wins and beats Apollo. I think that was one of the greatest things about Rocky is he loses. Yeah. Um, I think, sorry to spoil the, the 1976 best picture. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't like the whole he can't read thing. I don't like, not that it was a surprise, but, you know, they make a big deal about that. I just, and there's just not a lot I enjoyed. The training wasn't as, the training montage is already good. Rocky 3 was fun and Rocky 4 is fun, but it's fun, like, how, like, it's fun, fun to eat at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. It's yeah. like Fast and yeah. Furious fun. I yes. think those are maybe more than the others are the biggest ones with disappointment. But what I will say, because Rocky is, it's including Rocky Balboa. It's including it's the Creed movie. movies because it's that whole universe. Jaws does not have a Rocky Balboa after Jaws. 
the Jaws franchise does not have Creed. And I, I would argue that Rocky three and four aren't as big a drop-offs as those Jaws three, four. Oh, that's probably yeah. Happy birthday, Polly. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> I would say that's probably fair too. I think it Jaws changed, is still a bigger drop-off and bigger disappointment than Rocky. But also Creed and Rocky Balboa help the Rocky franchise come back up to being more solid. And Jaws doesn't have that. Just go watch Rocky Five again. Rocky Balboa. Let Tommy Gunn wants to fight you. Rocky Balboa. <laughs> go for it, Dad. <laughs> I think you can also say the 90s Batman movies also disappoint, but one and two are good. Three's not so, so bad. Four is terrible. Maybe the drop off isn't quite as rough, but still a drop off, a pretty noticeable drop off from the first to the yeah. last film. And um, there's another one in here that maybe is fair to say is a pretty big drop off. John Wick. John Wick one is not on the same level as Jaws one or Rocky one. I'm just thinking of something where the first movie is legit good and could at least get some Oscar bait attention. Like Burton's Batman maybe wasn't going to get Oscar attention, but it did do really well with critics in a way John Wick did and in a way a lot of these movies that don't really have good seats. Die Hard. Does, well, Halloween, you know. that was really good. And don't you dare say Die Hard doesn't have a good sequel. Uh, <laughs> don't you dare say that Die Hard does not have a good sequel. I'm not saying the last, Die Hard the last does, time. but okay. I'm gonna say I was gonna say but overall rules. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Die Hard one and three are good, but like I don't know that what I was gonna say was Die Hard doesn't have the same pedigree as Jaws or Rocky, like the first Die Hard. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, but I feel like it's not as critically acclaimed as Jaws or Rocky. Maybe not even as much as Batman. The only way to say it's really disappointing for me is the first one is so good in a critically acclaimed, in an awards sort of sense, in a pedigree sort of way, and then the sequels are just hot garbage or mostly hot garbage. And that's why I go with those movies that I think stink. <laughs> the franchise is got the bar got stunk up because of those sequels rob what do you think is the best franchise oh i guess i didn't say my best and my best are mcu back to the future and i love dark knight and mission impossible but favorite mcu back to the future rob what's your best what's your most disappointing um well i'm gonna talk about a couple but you know one that i really like and I love pr the Predator films. If you don't count Alien vs. Predator, which I don't know how to, I don't know how to consider that. But if you count like standalone Predator movies, mm. I think the first standalone Predator movie, the first three are pretty amazing. I like, I love Predator. I love, I actually really love Predator Two with Danny Glover. I don't think it's as good as Predator, but I, I, I really love that movie. I think Bill Paxton is great in it. The late great mm -hmm. Bill Paxton. I, I really, I just liked it. it was, you know, the, the way that they, they set it in L.A. It was, it was kind of cool. A lot of the stuff they did with it. You know, if you count like Alien vs. Predator, those movies are, like the first one's really bad because it's a PG-13 movie directed mm -hmm. by Paul W.S. Anderson, mm -hmm. who I have mm -hmm. very strong feelings about, mm -hmm. which I don't like him. Uh, and then, <laughs> but then it, I really loved Predators with Adrian Brody. Um, I thought that movie was awesome. It, it's, it's a really cool premise. 
if it's it's got a really great you've got like Danny Trejo and Walton Goggins and Topher Grace and Lawrence Fishburne. It's a really, I really like that movie. My parents, are, we, I remember we went and saw it in the theater together and we really liked it. But, you know, then then you had the Shane Black Predator movie, which was awful. But I'm really looking forward. I mean, have you guys seen a preview for Prey? Have you, do, do you know what that movie is? Mm-mm. I've yeah. seen the name, but I don't know anything it's, about it's gonna it. It's going to be on Hulu and it's, yeah. it's uh directed by Jan, Dan Trachtenberg, who did uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I love And that it's movie. set in like, what, the 1300s? There's 1600, but it's a Native American woman who is right. combating right. against. So yeah. she doesn't have... Right. It's, it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. So I kind of mm-hmm. am hoping for that franchise to come back because I think it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big sucker for humans being hunted. So <laughs> huh. <laughs> I, think I, love, I love that kind of stuff. So that was one. I actually think that The Hunger Games was... You know, it 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 kind of delivered on what it was trying to do, which was do the novels. Um, I didn't necessarily like the fact that they they did the Harry Potter thing and split up the third book into two books. You know, mm. yeah, but into two movies. But I mean, I understood why they did it. Um, but I think they were all really well made. Um, and and I thought Jennifer Lawrence was great as the character. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, I really I I wasn't ultimately disappointed in that in that franchise. It's not my favorite, but it's one that I think that, you know, it's obviously not Twilight. It's way better than Twilight. Um, and it, you've got really great character actors from Elizabeth Banks to Woody Harrelson. It's really great in mm-hmm, all of those mm-hmm. movies. Um, and you get you get Julianne Moore in the last two. And you get and Philip Seymour Hoffman's really good in it. And of course, you had to do the digital thing with the, as Jason keeps mentioning, deep faking him um, in, the, <laughs> in the last one. But um, I just, I really, I, I thought that was actually a pretty decent franchise. Um, and I'm surprised they haven't gone back to it. Like they could, they could probably go back to that universe and they probably will now that I said it aloud. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's like, and it's also, it's like the, the three newer Star Trek movies. I mean, I've liked the first one, the JJ Abrams one. And I actually kind of really liked, uh, Beyond. I thought that was a pretty, I did. What did you think of that movie, Trey? Beyond to me, a lot of people who are like diehard Trekkies thought that was yeah. the best of the three. Yeah, I, because it was the only one that kind of did a Roddenberry style story that was about mm-hmm. humanity. Yeah. I, so I understand that argument. But to me, it was a weak movie because it wasn't quite cinematic. It was like an episode was, of a show. It was. But, it but was also they that. wasted Idris Elba. That could have been anybody in the role. And, yeah. and, the, and, and the motivation of Idris Elba's character didn't make sense. So there, the, to me, there are so yeah, many of those sorts of weaknesses that kept me from giving it the credit yeah. that Die Hard Trekkies gave it. Yeah, I, I just did. I, yeah, I remember reflecting on it. I was like, you know what? It was definitely better than the sequel. I did not like the, you know, Into Darkness. I, I was really disappointed in that one. Um, so that was kind of one where I was like here and I thought they were going to go and then they really did it. And I think it was probably because they kept on saying Benedict Cumberbatch wasn't caught and they made a con. They shouldn't have ever made a call. They should have just got, come up with something new. Um, yeah. But I, you know, probably the, you know, like the most disappointing thing is actually something Jason thinks is the best, which is MCU. I think it's too many movies, and I think it's the this diminishing returns right now. I think that they're not turning out great movies. Um, I did not like Shunsi. I thought it was too much CGI, and mm. and now that I've seen Top Gun, I really am like kind of tired of big CGI endings. Versus they did a lot of practical with Top Gun. And I think I think that last sequence in Top Gun was amazing. And I yeah. mean, and it did a lot of that stuff in camera with real planes. 
Um, I mean, obviously they use some digital things in that those sequences, but I just, it felt real. It felt tactile. It didn't feel like two water dragons fighting each other. And I, mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen Doctor Strange, but I imagine the whole in sequence, probably him and Wanda fighting through multiple universes and it's all digital graphics. Am I wrong? That's, that's something that happens at the beginning. Uh, oh. Rather, you know, but I, I wouldn't like say it, to me that I think it depends on how comfortable the director is with CGI because I to me Sam Raimi doing Doctor Strange two the stuff that that you know has to be CGI still look really good Um, and like I I go back to um, in uh, in Endgame Avengers Endgame those Pym suits that they use to travel through time Mm -hmm. I thought they were wearing those things but they were wearing like just their so own outfits the because they hadn't yet designed what they wanted oh, those cool. suits to be. Right. So I feel like that was, it's like after that, they just, I don't know. They, the, 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 they fall off. Even like is as good of a movie as black Panther is. I really hate all the fight sequences at the end of that one. Cause it's just all digital stuff. It just doesn't feel tactile. Yeah. That Especially, goes back to the director. Yeah. I think that cause a lot of yeah. the directors had yeah. never done CGI before. So they yeah. didn't know. And it was they yeah. were just leaning on their previous. And, and, and that's team. one thing I liked about like the Batman is like that ending. Yes, there is CGI with like the water and some of the stuff they do, but it's a very tactile. It's not a confusing battle at the end. You understand what's going on, what he's trying to do. And yeah. so it was just a lot, and it made a lot more sense to me. And that's why like mm-hmm. that's why the, the Nolan Batman movies are so good is because they're mm-hmm. very tactile. I mean, he flipped a freaking truck in Dark Knight. I mean, that's one of the best mm-hmm. like action sequences ever. Um, and even like I don't like the Dark Knight Rises that much, but that sequence where they the other plane takes the other plane and like mm-hmm. they they you know that part is amazing. So you know I think that for me it's like a lot of these movies are kind of like we're just going to make them at Pinewood Studios or like in in Atlanta on a green screen. It's just it's getting a little too non tactile for me. So that's why I'm a little disappointed in, in MCU. I wish they could go a little mm-hmm. more. Just make it a little more realistic or just a little like less predictable. Of, you know, this movie's going to end with a huge CGI bat in battle. That's like everything builds up and then they have this That's huge a fair CGI point. Battle. That's a fair point. I, I still yeah. wouldn't put it in the category of disappointing just because it's not like they, they were, they had all this opportunity to make good movies or great yeah. movies and then they just made, they, they ended up just making bad ones like with Star yeah. Wars. But to your point about Top Gun, that movie is so real. And that mm-hmm. movie is so exhilarating. Yeah. And it would be good if they started bringing that kind of stuff to the yeah. MCU. It would be awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I was, you know, obviously I was still really dumbfounded by how they made Top Gun. I thought it was just an unbelievable yeah. feat. Um, yeah. And, and I think that if you get it, so that was really, you know, that that is that is the for franchises. But and that's that's a rare time where I think the sequel was better than the original. I absolutely believe that one was better than the original. And I've watched yeah. the original yeah. twice recently. So I feel comfortable in saying it because I watched it once for me and my wife wanted to watch it. And so I watched it back to back in one week. So I feel very comfortable in saying Top Gun Maverick is a better film than Top Gun. So, I have to agree with that. It's a, yeah. it's, I, yeah. I mean, it's a great yeah. movie. It really but is. My favorite. So two of my ones that I, I really was thinking about, like two franchises I think are pretty good. One's kind of crazy and one's, wasn't on your list, but I, I think Austin Powers is actually a pretty solid when you look at three movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the oh, first that should one have is, been on the list. Yeah, that was accidentally yeah. not on. The first one was very funny, very original idea. Great spoof of spy movies. The second one is funnier. It's got great gags. It's got hilarious scenes. It, it was way, it was 
you know, like made a lot more money than the first one. So it was financially extremely successful. Mm-hmm. And the third one doesn't fall off so much to where it's painful. I mean, the third one's probably like neck and neck with the first one. I think there's a lot of sequences really funny in the third one, but um, mm-hmm. it doesn't have, you know, it's almost like it, it is definitely a little more of a formula, but there's, you still get a lot of those characters. I, you know, people, some people don't like Goldmember. I think Goldmember was a funny character. I, um, I love Goldmember. I like Goldmember was funny, but some people didn't like Goldmember. Um, so I thought that was, I thought that was a pretty, I think that's a solid, like when you watch the three of them, there's nothing, it's, it's not the Godfather three. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. You know, where right. It's like, and that's you know, the and, thing, like yeah. Godfather three is yeah. so unenjoyable to watch. But I, I, I think the best, with a couple the, good the, the best franchise to me is, is it has to be Toy Story because I'm trying to talk about it without crying. Um, all of them are good. It's all, all of them are really, all of them are really good. The sequence in two where the Sarah McLaughlin song plays and, you know, it's about when Jesse gets left by the side of the road is pretty heartbreaking. But to me, I'm not going to cry. Um, the sequence in three when Andy, um, it gets me every time like lately. Yeah. Um, uh, when Andy brings the toys to the little girl and plays one last time with the toys, mm-hmm. it's just such, it's one of the most moving things I've ever seen in a movie. And so, yeah. um, yeah, sorry. Um, but he gets me. I don't know. It's because of kids, but and I and I never see. I had never seen it, and I watched it with Luke. And I, I mean, I've watched it multiple times with Luke, and every single time I've cried during that scene. And it was very. Um, that's. I mean, that. And then to come back on four and not knowing what they could do, and then creating a character like Forky, who is about <laughs> like someone who doesn't have self worth, and they help them discover self worth. It's a really beautiful movie and it's also about like friendship like you know moving beyond your friendship and, and moving into a relationship it's a really it's a really powerful series i think it's it, it's the most consistent series i've ever seen and i think, I think it's it, the it, most consistent series yeah. as far as quality the three is the high point it's amazing um but, but anytime that you can cast ned Betty as a bad guy it's always going to be good uh-huh. um but uh, yeah, so that's that's what I think. <laughs> I mean, there are some movies that are consistently some movie franchises that are consistently bad, but yeah. um, this this is the one that has all bangers. Like, yeah, it Toy does. Story doesn't have a bad one. Yeah, Toy Story Two is definitely like if I were to like not if it was like that was the one I'd probably lose just because, but it's still really good. Um, but yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't reach the heights of Toy Story Three and the Toy Story Four really didn't disappoint i mean still toy story 3 is the best one of, of them to me it's the most mm-hmm. emotional it's yeah they could have ended on toy story 3 i'm not mad that they made toy story 4 and it's really a great film but the i mean honestly i think toy story 3 deserved best picture <laughs> it was great and i was saying for the longest time it was the best trilogy arguably because there wasn't yeah. a bad one it didn't no and it, no. it got better and better and that's what you want from a if you're going to do three of them yeah um but I haven't heard anything bad about any of those movies where with some of these other franchises, there's one at least that yeah. people are like a little sour on like back to the future. I love all three of those, but people, there are people who are sour on the third one and same with dark Knight rises. There's some people who are a little sour on the third on that one, but it's not arguable with toy stories. Not, it's not up for debate. All no. of those movies are all good. Trey, yeah. what about you? What are your best and uh, also most disappointing? Well, of course, you know what my favorite movie is. So that leads to what my, 
Yeah, so yeah. that's also my favorite franchise. I I haven't heard as many people talking bad about part three. If anyone says one is the weakest of the three, though they don't talk trash about it, is part two. I think mm. it's a minimal dip uh, in quality on part two. And Robert Zemeckis has explained because they were obviously shooting part two and part three back to back. And so part two is going into editing when Zemeckis was still focusing on shooting part three. Mm. So, so he thinks that that's where some of the dip in part two came from. Mm. But Trey, um, why did, I've never read, why did they decide to shoot those back to back? It saved the money uh, mm. rather than having to shut everything down and then restart it back up. But then also Michael yes. J. Fox uh, to make him stay uh, credible as a teenager. Oh, they needed okay, to shoot part two and three at the same time. Okay, that makes more sense. Because he, you know, he noticeably looks older in part two than versus the first one. Yeah. Um, did, did he had he disclosed yet to them about having Parkinson's? When, no, when that he, came years later. That wasn't until it was like Doc Hollywood was when he first noticed it. Oh, okay. It wasn't until he was doing Spin City that that uh, oh, okay. he released okay. it publicly. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I, I think all three Back to the Futures are great. And and another thing that makes me surprised about what you said, Jason, about part three is Siskel and Ebert called that one part three, the best series. Because really? it's one of those, yeah. Because it's one of those where they look at it as as critics. They look at it from the technical filmmaking mm, aspect okay. of it. And like some people could have argued that maybe Die Hard 3 is, is better than Die Hard 1 if you look at it from that technical standpoint. But, you know, from from a nostalgia standpoint, and it's the new. It's hard to beat the original, like you said earlier, Rob. It's, yeah, it's rare that that a sequel is better than the original. Mm-hmm. Um, Very. So, but that's it's where only I Godfather Two and and Maverick that I could. <laughs> Aliens. Yeah. Oh yeah. True. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> and Alien Three is garbage, and I love David Fincher. So. <laughs> <laughs> But as far as other franchises, I'm closer to Jason's camp on MCU. I, I think that it's become a, almost a trope for people criticizing the MCU to say, oh, it's just a third act CGI fight. And, but I go back to what I said before, that it's about that particular director and, mm. and how comfortable that particular director is with staging that stuff. Yeah. Because to me, it's more about how does the story fit? Because I... I do. I am one who says Shang-Chi is a good movie, mm-hmm. but I think there are weaknesses in how they develop the dad and his motivations without going into too much detail about it. And, and I do think that the fight didn't quite connect to the overall story. Mm-hmm. So you're obviously in a superhero movie, you're going to have a fight or some sort of struggle at some point. But if it fits into the story well, like Avengers Endgame as an example, yes. obviously that was very CGI heavy. Yes. But it just didn't feel like another CGI third act mess. Yes. So it's, it's more about the execution movie to movie. And I think they've got more hits, way more hits than misses in that regard. Yeah. They got like 20 hits. Right. And other superhero franchises typically have gotten ruined. Because <laughs> I mean, Rob's this- making a face, but I mean, they're like 20 plus movies. And what are the... What are the misses? Is it is it's not as many as seven or eight or nine or ten? Thor, Miss Marvel, or Captain Marvel. I disagree on that one. They're two. Oh, Captain Thors. Marvel was awful. Captain Marvel was awful. Ugh. I didn't yeah. think Captain Marvel was awful, but I do think it's towards the bottom of the MCU. I think the MCU is 
is good enough that whatever you put at your bottom is probably it's at least still, still, still a solid 20 movie. plus movies. And even if you name all of the ones that you think are not good, it's like those three. And then you said Sun Chi. I mean, they're like a couple more than that. Party in the it's Galaxy not- 2. Really? Yeah. That was, was a really disappointing movie. No, you're incorrect on that one. <laughs> That's a- I'll give you the others. You're wrong on Guardians 2. Black Widow, I could give you. Black Widow had a lot of good, but also some bad. Mm-hmm. But we're not yeah. going to get to 10, and they're over 20 MCU movies. So, Iron Man 3, Iron Man 2. Those are, they're still like middling. They're still like bet, on the better side. And a lot of people like 3. You're, the only, you're actually the first person I've heard complain about that one outside of myself. <laughs> um, it's okay. So I, I wish that, you know, it was like, they, I don't know why they got Shane Black for directing. It was weird, you know? I just, I think it's because he's good friends with yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Downey they Jr. like working together. Mm-hmm. And he, and he was basically kind of helped make, get, bring his career back with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So, yeah, right. So I think that's entirely the reason. But I just mm-hmm. think you're going to have more, even if you name them all, it's still going to be, what, 10 to 11, 10 to 12, where it's like oh. 10 bad ones, 12, let's still mostly hit. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's still not on the bad end. Yeah. Like now Star- for me, some other disappointments, but they don't feel as bad a disappointment. It's something like the Christopher Reeve Superman series. Mm-hmm. Obviously Donner did a, a great, great job, nearly perfect movie. Mm-hmm. The sequel, the Richard Lester version of the sequel is helped a lot by the stuff that Donner shot. So it still mm-hmm. feels great. <laughs> I think if Donner could have finished shooting his version, I think that obviously would have been far superior. It might have turned into the one of the rare sequels is better than the first mm. Donner had been mm-hmm. allowed to finish. But then you get like parts three and four suck. But yeah. I think something about when, maybe it's because of when the movies came out or maybe it's because of how great the first one was or a mix of the two, mm-hmm. that that doesn't feel as big of a disappointment to me as other franchises. Like I think Star Wars and Star Trek for me are bigger disappointments because I'm like Jason. I wasn't particularly into the prequels. It's been a long time since I've watched them. So I'd be interested in what I would think if I were to rewatch them now. Uh, I think Obi-Wan, the series helps make the prequels feel better. And then people who watched the Clone Wars Apparently that show gave a lot more context to the prequels mm. that, that made the prequels feel better, but still, I mean, you, you know, the prequels big drop off from the original and it, it feels like George Lucas maybe almost forgot what it was that made the original so great. Mm-hmm. But after seeing the sequel trilogy, what I give Lucas credit for with the prequel trilogy is at least there is a story yeah. that had a beginning, middle and end. That made sense. I think it's more the execution with the prequels that hurt it. But the story idea made sense. Uh, whereas the sequels, it was just like throw some shit up against the wall and, and <laughs> hope that the next guy let's doesn't sell toys. Yeah. You over. Now, Lucas got into let's sell toys too with the prequels. And I think that's part of what yep. hurt it. Uh, and that's what hurts a lot of these franchises, I think, particularly the yep. superhero ones too, is the exact say, let's sell toys. I used to when I was in like middle school and high school and maybe for a few years after that, when a superhero movie or any other kind of movie that would sell toys came out, I would go to whatever store it used to be roses. Jason. I, remember roses. <laughs> I know what you're about to say, but I would look to see what toys they were selling and they would always just make shit up. In addition to yeah. like the main versions of what was in the movie, mm-hmm. 
they would have like Arctic Frost Batman and they would have like even characters who weren't in the movie. So why are the execs forcing Sam Raimi to put Venom in Spider-Man 3 so they can (laughs) sell Venom toys if they don't fucking need him in the movie (laughs) to sell fucking Venom toys? Uh Good God. That's too angry to (laughs) to not believe. Spider-Man 3 is an abomination, though, so, yeah. Right. That's my point, in part because the studio forced Raimi to to shoehorn Venom in there. It's like, you can can sell Venom anyway, and it's Spider-Man, it's Batman, it's Superman. They're going to sell the toys anyway, so make a good movie. Just just focus on making the movie. Um, But I do think James Bond... But because he was the, kind of the original rebooted character, kind of kept that franchise where even when there were some yeah. bad ones, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it was as disappointing because people yeah. didn't complain that it was getting rebooted again in a few years. Right. Um, that's a, st- yeah, and that's a weird, so I was thinking about that series, but that's a weird one because even like it the is. Craig ones, like you get diminishing returns because like, I kind of, I like Quantum of Solace. I don't, I don't think it's nearly as good as Casino Royale. And obviously, I think Skyfall might be the best James Bond movie. But then, like, I hated Spectre. I literally was like, when I was in the theater yeah. watching Spectre, I'm like, I do not like this movie at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I have not seen No Time to Die yet because, you know, you guys remember that whole incident I had and I still haven't watched it. <laughs> so, I still haven't seen Spectre. That's terrible. Yeah. I'm not super in love with the James Bond franchise overall because of some of those movies just being so weird. And I also... Really did not like Roger Moore, James Bond. <laughs> yeah, you got more cartoony and more got uh, juvenile. Yeah, yeah, that's when you get like the you know some of the stuff that Austin Powers made fun of, like mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah, yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of that, especially like space laser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the thing about Star Wars and Star Trek is for all this shitty stuff both of those franchises have done. I think what helps them a little bit is that they. You know, they're two of the franchises that cross movie and TV. And mm-hmm. so you can get a bunch of seasons of Next Generation, Deep Space Nine. Those can still, because of how great they were, they can still keep the franchise relevant. Feeling, you know, you feel nostalgic for it, even mm-hmm. when Picard shits on it, the show Picard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it really is disappointing to see. You know, they call it New Trek. Some people spell it N-E-W. Some say N-U Trek. But that New Trek really is like, uh, you know, I don't give a damn about anything that came before. We're going to claim it's the same universe, but F it. We're going to do our own thing. And, and that that makes it hugely disappointing in ways that I think Star Wars even wasn't. Because Star Trek supposed to be this smart, intellectual, sci-fi investigate the human condition and then they're just doing nothing i wouldn't ask you this what is your favorite star trek sequel that of the original cast movies that's not obviously wrath of Khan's the best one well i might get it i think wrath of Khan, but what, which one is your which is, is your Und- undiscovered, undiscovered country, country. yep mm-hmm. i was gonna say that too i think because yeah. that's the only one if you're gonna try to say that wrath of Khan is not the best star trek movie undiscovered country is yep. the only one that you could <laughs> that you could say, okay, yeah, maybe that one. It's a drop off from that one to first contact. And then Yeah, the or you know, generations. Kind of, generations was after after Undiscovered Country. Well, I'm not going in chronological oh, I'm going oh, in oh, ranking oh. of quality. Oh so I would oh, say first oh, contact, maybe. 
I think even probably uh, First Contact was definitely the best of the next generation movies to me. Mm-hmm. Search for Spock and, and Voyage Home. You could quibble with exactly where they go. Maybe they both go above First Contact, but or you could argue First Contact's above them. But mm-hmm. really, is Wrath of Khan Undiscovered Country? Both, both of which are Nicholas Myers. So it's like, yeah, no surprise there because he was great. Christina, have you seen any Star Trek movie? Those new ones with Chris Pine. Mm. Yeah, I like those. Mm. Yeah, one of the Hollywood Chrises. So I did like the first. Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams first one. I liked it when it came out, but then, you know, Wrath of, I mean, uh, <laughs> not Wrath of Khan, the Wrath of Khan remake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> into Darkness. In a vacuum, Into Darkness was probably not bad, but it it ended up being the third consecutive Star Trek movie that tried to recreate something from Wrath of Khan. Because mm. the last Picard movie, Data was basically the Spock in that movie and sacrificed himself. And then they directly lifted lines in the first J.J. Abrams movie, which was fine the way they did it in context of that movie. But then Into Darkness, they're redoing Khan and it's, you're not going to be as good as Wrath of Khan. I was just looking at Nicholas Meyer. He directed one of my favorite movies ever, Time After Time. Mm. Do you ever see that one? Which one is that? Time After Time. That's one with... Rodney McDowell, uh, Rodney McDowell, where he's H.G. Wells and he travels. Oh, he's I trying his he's trying to catch his friend who is who is actually Jack the Ripper travels to the future. Yeah, they tried to oh. remake that as a TV series recently. It was really cool. It was a really and then yeah. Mary Steenburgen is in it. It's really yeah, cool. I saw that. I like that because uh, David Warner's uh, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, you said Roddy McDowell. You mean Malcolm? Malcolm McDowell. That, McDowell. Yeah, yeah. I get, oh, Roddy I get my McDowell's. McDowell. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. it gets Andy McDowell yeah we get it yeah they're all my all my McDowell but Rob talks about he always gets choked up with the Toy Story stuff yeah Star yeah. Trek I have been and always shall be your friend oh in Wrath yeah. of Khan that yeah that is an amazing sequence <laughs> mm-hmm. the only part of any of these franchise movies that chokes me up is Mission Impossible 2 and it's when Fred Durst sings the song. Oh, why you want to hate me? <laughs> it's such a moving. <laughs> no. <laughs> they could have had Metallica actually wrote them a, a theme, and they were like, "No, we want to go with. We want to go with." Fred oh, Durst. I didn't realize, or I forgot. Yeah, because that. That they did. Horrible. They did. There's a Metallica song in in it, but they they, they should have gone with Metallica. They should. So it would have been Metallica. much more much better for the time period too. And it would not have been downloaded. So that was the other good thing. About it. <laughs> they would have sued them. They would have Was this sued in them. that brief period of time that would have been considered Fred Durst's height of his fame or something? Yeah, Is that, that was, was pretty much this was. was yeah. yeah, this was like Woodstock 99, Fred Durst. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's unfortunate. Well, I, when I started doing research to get movies together that I would count for this uh, movie franchise discussion, I realized that there are so many movies. We absolutely can't do a bracket. Haven't put it together yet. That'll come one day down the road. But uh, movie franchise bracket, I'd be interested to see how people fill it out. When that day comes, who knows when it will. Of the show, gang, thanks for being here on this movie franchise pop talk. Yep. Live long and prosper. (laughs) I thought Rob was about to do uh, (laughs) PMPPP. I was gonna. I was no. I was gonna do. I was gonna do a really sad. Beer, 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 beer. <laughs> of all the souls I've ever come across, his was the most. Beer, 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 beer. <laughs> <laughs>
go watch the Toy Story movies right now. They will make your grown ass cry. <laughs> also, go to podcastawards.com to nominate us. The voting that happens right now will determine the slate, and making the slate is key to taking home a win. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at There It Is. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and Instagram at Jason Far Picks. Also, subscribe to our comedy lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. Go to thereitispod.com for info on that links in bio. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 